Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest is actually someone that I interviewed right at the start of her promo for Geordie Shaw. Years and years ago, we played the craziest game of Never Have I Ever, which didn't include alcohol, but was full of eye-openers. Since <laughs> then, she has gone on to build what I can only describe as a massive empire. She is absolutely incredible. And her recent sort of escapade, I would say, is now on BBC, on the iPlayer. It's Charlotte in Sunderland. On top of all of that, she is now mother to a one-year-old gorgeous little Alba. Today's guest is Charlotte Crosby. Hello! How are you? I'm great. I am absolutely great. I am newly engaged, so I'm on cloud nine. Ah, oh, congratulations. When did this happen? This happened literally about four days ago. Oh, did you have any sense that it was coming? I didn't until we were at the table and Jake kind of had like a bit of a panic attack. And right. I was like, okay, there's something not right. <laughs> Why is he just having a panic attack at the table? It was our anniversary as well. That's when I started to think something's about to happen. <laughs> And how does it feel? Does your hand feel heavy? So heavy. It feels absolutely incredible. Like, honestly, it feels everything I ever thought and more. Like, I've just always wanted to be engaged and have a family and be with that one person who you love for the rest of your life. And I'm getting everything I've ever asked for. It's just the best thing in the world. I saw a trailer, actually, for Charlotte in Sunderland. And in that, you're wearing a wedding dress and you're saying to your mum when's it going to happen? And actually, I think I can remember feeling like that. I can remember being with Tom for like six years, seven. I, I think we were nearly nine years together before he actually yeah. posed. Mm -hmm. But there is that feeling of when you love someone, you kind of feel like that's the natural step. Why not? Why are you not doing this? Well, see, me and Jake's only been together two years, so it happened pretty fast. Yeah, but you've had a baby. That commitment is there. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And I think once you feel like that's something that you want. And, it, and also, for a lot of us, it's taken out of our hands. You know, yeah. a lot of us don't want to be the one to ask that question. Like, we kind of fall down that thing of being quite traditional in that way of, like, the man's going to ask. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think I'd like to ask the question. But listen, I'm not putting shame in it. I think it's a great thing to do, but I want to be asked. Yeah, absolutely. Charlotte, you said before, you don't actually listen to podcasts. So no. thank you for agreeing to do this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I don't listen to them, right? And I'm never on them. If I'm on a podcast, it's because the person who does it, I either like them or I'm very close to them. Right. And that's the only reason you'll see us on a podcast. Well, thank you. But I do know that they're taking over the world, right? <laughs> but I'm just not on the ship. I'm not on the rocket ship of podcasts. But that's okay. You've got your fingers in so many other pies. You, in fact, you've got so many pies, you've got your toes in them as well. So I wouldn't worry about it. There's too much going on. <laughs> Charlotte, tell me about your childhood. What was it like? It was completely normal, just a normal childhood. I grew up, I went to an all-girls school and we lived in a normal house. We didn't have much money at all, really. I went out on the weekends with my friends as normal as it gets. There was nothing really to say. It was actually lovely. Did you have siblings? I didn't up until I was 15. So my little brother and I have got a 15-year age gap, which is quite big. So even when he was getting a little bit older, I was like way older, so we were never on the same wavelength. So you had your mum to yourself all that time? Yes. What is your relationship like with your mum and how has that evolved over the years? Being a girl, I don't know that you agree, girls are the worst gender child to have. <laughs> like, they're so fine up until their teenage years and then it all goes so dramatically wrong. Like, it turns from lovely classical music and then suddenly it hits heavy metal. And it's like, oh, my God, have not changed that much? And I know there are some girls out there who actually... I know a couple of women who I've spoken in the past and their little girls have actually been okay through the teenage right. years, but I know the majority is hell because you have a nightmare with them. So we got on so well and then I hit the teenage years and it's like, I hated that. And then I've, even before I had Alba, gone into like late 20s, like 30s and as I was born and maturing as a, like a woman, we were just best friends and she was so incredibly close. She lived with me for like three years when she was building a house and that was when I was like 26 to 27 yeah. and then she moved just around the corner we worked together because I own a business and she obviously works in the business we're together every single day it feels like you've got a proper close bond and actually when you're in the business that we are a lot of people come and go in terms of in your life you know you'll have people that you don't necessarily know if you can trust or not and I guess especially actually on a show like Geordie Shaw or Towie or Mane Chelsea you don't know who you can trust and actually when it's your mum or family you know that there is absolute trust there. Yes. So I imagine that would make you lean on those people more than ever. I think to a certain degree yeah but a lot when I was in Geordie Shaw it was it was many years of just, we were, we, I saw our less than ever because we traveled the world with Geordie yeah. Shaw, you know what I mean? We, it was a worldwide show. So we very much lent on all of the cast in there. Do you know what I mean? So mm. even though you think you can and can't trust people, you know, it's just a thing of life. I've never been one to be, be sit there, be paranoid about it. I'm so trusted. Listen, I get on with absolutely everyone. And like, I'm never paranoid. And I'm never thinking, oh, we've got the same behind back. So I've had a great time throughout all of my TV years. I've never felt paranoid in the industry or anything like that. But yes, I do obviously trust my mum more than anyone in the world and love her, but I don't really think I've ever felt them feelings that you've just described. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I've interesting. I've had an absolute whale of a time the last decade. It has been incredible. And I have met friends who I call family. Yeah. So, and you know, you fall out with some people along the way and that is absolutely completely fine. It happens in school. You're used to it, you know what I mean? It's just a life thing's going to carry on happening. Have you ever moved away from the area that you grew up in? Have you ever moved down south or anything like that? No. Never. I never will. Not for me down there. Listen, it's too busy. You know what I'm like with the podcasts. Like everyone in London listens to podcasts. Imagine how annoyed I'd be. I'd be standing there and everyone in the earphones would just be groaning voices. I'm all about, you know, here in the Northeast, people just put music on and we have a dance about. We get happy we do that as well. We do both. I know, but I think it's just all podcast talking. There's too much talking. <laughs> I love that. So growing up, did you ever think like ahead to the future and see yourself as a mum? Yes, I've always wanted to be a mum. I want to have a huge family. It's been a lifelong thing of mine. Like, couldn't wait to have children. Like, it's always been the biggest thing I've ever wanted in my whole entire life. Like, more than anything in the whole entire world, more than marriage. Like, I'm engaged now. And if you would ask us about my marriage plans, it would be like, I've got none, I want another baby. Yeah, really? <laughs> like, we literally 
we've bought the ovulation sticks. We're going to start trying as soon as it can happen, the better. Like babies are the most important thing of our life. Family, children, so, so important. I think growing up, we had this set idea that you had to do this, then this, then this, then this in terms of like growing up, finding a person, getting married, then having kids. Like you had an order, whereas now actually that doesn't exist now, actually. It's all about that connection that you have with someone. We don't comply or conform to those things that were there before. No, you've got to rip up the rule book and do it however seems natural to you. Listen, it's not saying that you shouldn't, like, I'm against getting married. If it had happened for me and I got married before I had Alba, then that would have been totally fine. But naturally, we got pregnant, surprisingly, really quick. So we weren't even engaged. That's just how it naturally happened. But just whatever naturally happens, let the universe take its course. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've opened up in the past about your ectopic pregnancy. Yes, was that before Jake? That was nearly six, maybe seven years ago now, actually, I think. That must have been a really scary time. It was a scary time and it was a sad time, but it was just a time. And look at where I am now. Do you know what I mean? Well, did it often, I think sometimes things like that, they can inform us moving forward Yes. in terms of like worry or anxiety when we next want to get pregnant and things like that. And actually with something like that, we don't know how we're going to feel until we fall pregnant again or, you know, or start on that path. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I would always be able to have children because the doctor, like, said it, you are still more than possible to have children, a family of 10 if you wanted. He was like, it might just take a little bit longer. So I didn't know how long it was going to take. But, yeah, it happened all really fast. So, so when you met Jake, did you even have a chat about families? We did, on, like, day two. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, we were only together three months and then we were pregnant. <laughs> had you even had a chance to kind of go, shall we think about this? Or at least you both knew that that's what you wanted. We did. Do you know, we didn't even really know that much about each other. <laughs> that's just how it worked. And it's been the most amazing thing because Jake's known me longer pregnant and as a mum than he ever has none. Yeah. So we have never had any routine or certain way that we do things like our whole life has been family life and I know when we've been together with someone for like five or six years and then a baby comes into the equation that can be quite hard to get used to because you've had Mm -hmm. all this time where you've got set rules set you, you do things a set way and then everything gets turned upside down now with me and Jake these are our set rules This is how it's always been. Nothing's changed. And I think it's been amazing. Whilst we've been getting to know each other, we've been becoming parents. So, like, it's just been amazing. There must be times within that, though, because if I look back to, like, my pregnancy, my different pregnancies, I was at times, like, hormonal wreck a lot yeah. of the time like super emotional so it must be part of you like I'm not usually like this I'm you know <laughs> I was awful I had the worst pregnancy as well and I never even explained myself Jake was just so understanding and and that's why I fell in love with him very 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 early on because yeah. he is like a man that you have never even met before in your life I couldn't brag about him more I said that when Charlotte and Sunderland came out everyone who watched that show let it be men women mothers fathers young children anyone watching that show if you were a woman you'd want him to be your son if you were a man you'd want him to be your best friend if you were a young girl you'd want him to be your boyfriend because he is literally cream of the crop you cannot get better than jake you cannot and that's why i knew from the second he asked us to be his girlfriend that which he flew us to the Maldives first class to ask us to be his girlfriend that is honeymoon material (laughs) I knew from that second just how he went on and the type of person he was he was the man I was going to spend the rest of my life with and honestly we will never separate we are going to be together for the rest of our lives I'm so happy for you I love that and how long have you felt like this with him? Or is it just deepened as like Alba's arrived? Since the second he sent us the first voice note on Instagram and he said to us, 
honestly, I felt like it was in Fifty Shades of Grey or something. It was absolutely amazing. So I was in Manchester and he was like, I was going to an event. He went, please let us know if you need to get to and from the event. Like, I'll sort you out cars and everything. I own my own chauffeur company. Like, I'll get a driver to pick you up from the hotel and make sure you get back. And I was like, amazing <laughs> like it was just so suave it was next level suave he won us over every minute of every day i felt like i was literally in 50 shades of gray then i got swooped away to the maldives first class i was like what <laughs> like what the hell is going on I'm just waiting for the kinky cupboard to be opened <laughs> <laughs> So skip forward then to you thinking you might be pregnant. What were those symptoms early doors or were you just late? I was a couple of days late off my period, but I felt quite sick as well. And I wasn't sleeping. So I was waking up at like four in the morning every morning. And I was like, what's going on? This weird like insomnia happened. Yeah. Which I don't know whether it's a symptom, but like for the whole week before I did the pregnancy test, I couldn't sleep. That's really weird. I know. Well, it must be like hormones and stuff being released, I would imagine. Yeah, Something yeah, exactly. must have been happening. I think it is. And then getting the test. We were in London and it was the day before Valentine's Day and we were both, he swooped us away again. I'm, listen, I'm really short off about JK, but I just can't help that these are just I want to marry him. <laughs> I know, and I told you. So we, he took us to the Corinthian and got us a suite for Valentine's Day. So we'd woke up in this lovely setting I was like, I think we're going to have to get a test. So then we walked out of the Quintia. We ran down to the nearest boots, right? And there's a reason why the Quintia is such a strong memory is because have you ever been to this bar in the Quintia? It's so gorgeous. Yeah, it's amazing. Right? When we did the test and it said pregnant, we went down to this bar afterwards and it was like we were in this like crazy like bubble. But we were like bobbing about in the water and I was thinking, I've got a baby in my belly. I can almost smell the sparry smell and everything from the time when we first found out. It was just the best time. Well, what was that like when you actually took the test? It was amazing. Well, no, it was scary. God, I wasn't emotional. I was more like, what the hell? Obviously, we hadn't known each other long, so it was scary. It was more like, God, is this going to work? What the hell? We don't even hardly know each other, like... We love each other. We're boyfriend and girlfriend. So anyways, later on, like a couple of months later, when it sunk in and we both were so, so happy about it, it was more happy and emotional tears. I cried a lot then. But the very first moment was like, what the fuck? Well, and also, because I think in that very first moment, it feels like everything has changed. Like life has just like tipped in a new way. But you also, like you're not showing, nothing outwardly is changing at all. Honestly, I really believed I looked so pregnant. Like, isn't that so funny? But also, I think as you get further on in your pregnancy, you're just like, this is it. I can't get any more pregnant than this. <laughs> you really do, don't you? How was it telling other people? Oh, it was amazing. I love telling my mum and dad and put it in little fortune cookies. And I love telling my friends. So, yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, when I put the video on Instagram, that was an amazing feeling because everyone obviously knows what I've been through, that I've been through an ectopic pregnancy, that I've had nothing but bad relationships for years and years and years and years. It was so nice to see the reaction was so amazing. Yeah. Well, I guess an ectopic pregnancy or, or a miscarriage or anything like that, so many people relate to that. So to have you full pregnant be in the situation that you're in now that also that that gives so many people hope but also so many people want that for you because of their own experiences they would have really felt for you when yeah, you were going through it exactly how was the pregnancy you didn't love oh, it, did I you? didn't enjoy that mind it was awful like I got a bit of um is it called post prenatal 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 depression in the pregnancy Oh, it was awful. It felt like it was it was only two weeks, but it yeah. was two weeks of feeling like I could not get out of bed. There was a dark cloud hanging over my head. It wasn't that I didn't want the baby. It was just I felt so low. Like, I didn't have any deep or dark thoughts. I just couldn't muster up a conversation with Jake. I didn't want to go out anywhere. I didn't want to do anything. I just, like, was flat. I can't even describe it. It's undescribable when you go through something like that. Had you had anything like that before? Nah, and I never had suffered from any form of depression. So, like, that's why it hit us harder. Oh, it was awful. What did you do? Nothing. 
I just sat and kept a little thing on my calendar of how marked off the days, how I was feeling. It's like really low, really low, really low. Then it started to feel a little bit better and I could see it was I was coming out of it. But that's all I did, just marked the days. But how did you even know to do that? Well, it was more because I was panicking and I was like, oh my God, I want to keep a mental log of Because I wouldn't want to be two months down every pregnancy, still be feeling this way and then suddenly like forget when it started because I wanted to know that it was going to end. <laughs> That's why I kept the track of the days. And I guess actually, if you do experience something like that again, it's kind of going, look, I've had this before and it exactly. lasted And it this all long. lasted, exactly. That was exactly it. So now I know, now I have a rough guide. If it happens again, I know maybe I'll be better in two weeks. Whereas the first time it happened, I didn't know whether it was going to end. So it was a really worrying feeling. Like, is this going to be it for the whole of my pregnancy? Is this even going to run a postnatal? depression for afterwards mm -hmm. which was my biggest worry ever it, the scary thought was not knowing if it was going to end whereas now I know that that lasted for two weeks and actually it might only last for two weeks next time and if I have that mental thing in my head the hope sometimes might get you out of it quicker because it's all mental so if yeah. you mentally have if you think that something's going to feel better in two weeks you just trick yourself into being better do you know what I mean I do know what you mean but there's also that thing isn't there when you're in it I always think of when I'm in those moments I would love to, you're going to love this, sit behind a mic and talk through it, almost like a podcast. But kind of just because I think when you are in it, it is irrational thought. And yes. when you're not in it, you can rationalise those thoughts yeah. away. Whereas actually, I'd quite like to record it so that I can almost, you that know what I mean? That is a good idea, yeah. Because yeah. then you can listen to it back and be like, right, okay, I totally wasn't thinking straight. And if it happens again, you listen to it back and think, right, I'm going to get out of this. Yeah, because I think often with these things, we look at them with a rational mind, forgetting that when we're in them, we are irrational. Yes. Did anyone around you sort of twig to what was going on? Only my partner, Jake. Well, my fiancé, I should call him now. But only Jake knew. I didn't yeah. tell anyone else. It was only two weeks and I didn't go out the house or, and I didn't want to tell people because I was a bit scared. I think I told my best friend who being pregnant in the past because I was like did this happen to you like she was like no it didn't happen to me but like just keep talking I was her out yeah how far into your pregnancy were you at that point it was very early on it was after I'd announced maybe like just before 20 weeks right and it's scary because you know the rational part of your brain goes come on this is the happiest time of our lives I know exactly so then you make yourself feel worse yeah you can't get yourself there I know how are you otherwise what, in the rest of the pregnancy? Yeah. So I was sick every single day up until I give birth. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was horrendous. And then I got sciatica all down my left-hand side. Honestly, I didn't enjoy being pregnant. Did you? First time round, yes. But by the third time, my body just hated me. Oh, like, all my... the various pains. I've had nausea, but slight never proper sickness and actually when I'm pregnant if I'm on my phone in the car that's when I really feel nauseous so I just have to have a nap I felt nauseous all day but then was throwing up like all the time which to be fair I didn't gain as much weight in my pregnancy I still looked great for our pregnancy because I felt so sick but I just looked fabulous pregnant woman well what were you doing to try and get rid of the sickness were you on like the ginger and things like that I'll try and have them like ginger beer and stuff. If I was in a pub and we were yeah. getting Sunday dinner, I'd go for the ginger beer. At one point, I had to limit my brushing teeth down to once a day because it was so, it would just trigger it. And then once it triggered it, it wouldn't stop. So I thought, I can't have this before I go to bed and when I wake up. So I only did it once a day. So then I had to go straight to the doctors when I give birth, the dentist, I mean, to check my dental hygiene because I was like, I've been hardly doing it because it would trigger and there was nothing worse. It was the worst feeling. So I guess that's the reason why for pregnant women, we can go and see our dentist during, at least we could when I was pregnant, you can go and see your dentist for free during your pregnancy. I didn't know. Yeah, because you're prone to like, different things in your mouth and stuff. And well, especially, I guess, if you can't, if you can only brush your teeth once a day. Oh my God, I wish I'd known that I would have been there all the time. <laughs> so how did you feel heading towards the birth? Oh, great, because I had a C-section, so I had no worries. And had you decided on that, like, early doors? Yes, 100%. I decided I wanted to have a C-section because, obviously, I had an ectopic pregnancy where you suddenly have to go into a surgery unknown, 
and I woke up at the other side of it and I'd lost my organs and it was completely out of my control. It was really tough to wake up knowing that you'd lost parts of your body like and you did not even know that was going to happen you didn't even have a choice in the matter you didn't have a say like I can't tell you like the feeling that that is it's like it feels like I just can't explain it so after all of that experience I knew that I never wanted to have anything out of my control again and you know I could have a lovely birth and then the fact that it could actually be really fucking terrible as well And I know firsthand because all of my friends have had emergency sections apart from one whose baby became premature. My other friend who's on Jordan Shaw, she actually had adverse effect to one of the drugs that was put in her. So she started to die and was rushed into the room. She was put to sleep and, like, they had to ask her then and there, like, who would the care the baby go to? Because so she went to sleep thinking that she was going to die, and she woke up. Obviously, she woke up. Thank God, everything was fine. She was brought around. She'd lost a lot of blood all along that story, and then she um obviously then got to meet a little boy. But like I was like, no, not after what I've just been through. I don't have the desire to want to have a natural birth. Like I don't want fulfill us any more than having a cesarean. Like I just want to have a baby. And I yeah. want to come safe and I want to have a nice experience and don't want to be traumatised, don't want to be worried. I just want to have a family and have a baby. And how that happens, I do not care. So it was C-section the whole way. I don't think it's a debate. I think whatever people feel is right for them is the right approach. But I do think that rather than people panicking over, you know, how the baby's going to come out, I actually think we should really celebrate the fact that we have options. You know what I mean? That care is there. I was never ashamed to say I was having a C-section either, you know. I literally shouted it from the mountaintops. I was never scared of the reaction. I did not care in the slightest what anyone had to say about it. And, well, we went on our baby moon to Mauritius and there was a South African couple sat next to us. And she went, oh, my God, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. So she wanted to ask all about it. She had three children herself. And we got into a deep chat. And I told her I was having a C-section. And she was like, yeah, oh, yeah, sister. And I was like, oh, my God. So I went, that's not the reaction you would get in the UK. I went, it's actually sometimes quite frowned upon. And then she went, what? She was so taken aback that in England, people have natural births. No. So in South Africa, everyone has C-sections because natural births are seen as too dangerous for mother and child. Really? Yeah. So everyone has C-sections. If you're seen to have a natural birth in South Africa, you're looked at as crazy to put yourself at that risk. Wow. It's interesting just how different cultures and different, you know, locations. Exactly, exactly. I know. That's amazing. And it is totally down to you and to what you think is best. And like you say, like your history. And even then, though, we don't even need to justify why you chose that. You chose that. I don't. Like, it's just like, what are you getting done with your hair while I'm dying of brown? Well, no one goes, well, why? <laughs> That's just what I'm doing. It's just the choice I've made. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So talk me through then, like, you have the hospital bag packed, you know when you're going in. What did you do the night before you went to hospital? 
me and Jake had been washing all of the little baby stuff. We were in living in a little flat in Ealing Broadway at the time. Why are you in Ealing Broadway? Right, so my ectopic pregnancy, I happened to be in London when I had an ectopic pregnancy. So my surgeon, Dr. Ocaro, worked out of St. John and Elizabeth's. Mm-hmm. When I found out I was pregnant, I'm at high risk of having an ectopic pregnancy again. So the first thing you've got to do is get an early scan to make sure it's in the womb and not in the fallopian tube. It just so happened we found out we were pregnant in London, around the corner from St. John and Elizabeth's, where my gynecologist yeah. works out of. And I've been seeing him since I had the ectopic. I have to go for the early appointments just to check everything. So it was like it was meant to be. So anyways, we went to see Dr. Ocaro. The baby was in the right place. And at that point, I just knew, right, that this has all worked in a full circle moment. He saved me life because I nearly died. He saved my life. And now I'm back pregnant. And he's telling us that the baby's in the right place. He needs to deliver the baby. So I thought I'd have the baby at St. John Elizabeth's. Well, no, it turns out that Dr. Acaro works out of the Portland Hospital, <laughs> which is only the most expensive place to have your baby <laughs> in England. So I was like, all right. So I had to like, think about it for a second, and I was like, oh, my God, what the hell? I mean, I don't know that I can do this. It's a lot, it's a lot of money. I did exactly the same. So once I discovered that I had PCOS, a friend of mine recommended her gynecologist and I started seeing him. Then I had a miscarriage and he helped me through all of that. And then when I got pregnant again with with Buzz, my eldest, there was just something so comforting about having Craig there, having him as my care provider. You know, even though I did hypnobirthing and all that route, having yeah. Craig there, and he yeah. was there when Buzz arrived, it just changed something within me. I can totally relate with that because that was how I felt. I felt this man saved my life. I literally was collapsing on the floor, fitting, and this man had to pick me up and carry me to the surgery room. That's how far gone it had Did been. you know you were pregnant at that point? No. So you had absolutely no idea. How comes you'd gone to him at that point? I was on a shoot in London and I had a full week of work, back-to-back press, blah, blah, blah. I was doing things for the fitness DVD. I'd just released my weight loss book and there was all sorts going on. I was promoting Jodie Shaw as well. So that full week I was in a lot of pain, but I had a lot of work to do and I'm the type of person who knows that I can't put work off because no one else can do my job. So I'm just going to get moved to a different time. We're going to be even more busy. So just get it out of the way. The last day, the photo shoot, I could not go on any longer. The shoot had to be called off and we were in the car and we went to St. John and Elizabeth's private accident and emergency. So we could have went anywhere, but because that was the first one we passed, right? Yeah. And we walked in, it was a hundred pound. There was no one there. I got so straight away. God forbid I'd walked in anywhere busier because at that moment I'd fell on the floor and I was fit and convulsing. Like I was internally bleeding and I had been for a week. So my body was being poisoned. He was the guy who literally carried me. So to me, that I felt in the safest hands I could possibly be in. So like everything about this, I just wanted to be safe. I didn't want no complications. Like this is it, you know, I'm going to finally have a baby, all I've ever wanted. So it was very confident for me as well to go down that route. Obviously it was very expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I mean, after going such a massive trauma like that, like at Mm -hmm. what point did you realise with the ectopic that it was an ectopic pregnancy? that point in the hospital I didn't know I was pregnant either they said well like, we're gonna have to test to see if you're pregnant like just to rule it out I went I'm definitely not pregnant and then they tested and I was and they were like you're miscarrying or you have an ectopic pregnancy you cannot leave this hospital you've got to go for emergency surgery and I was just there with me agent me agent sat with us all night she's lovely me agent which had been yeah. me agent from the very beginning for 13 years yeah which is more like family yeah so for me it was comforting that's why we were in Ealing Broadway, because we went to the Portland. And we were packing the bag, picking which outfit we'd put her in. We didn't pack enough. We were just thought, like, we don't know what we thought, but we didn't realise how many clothes the baby goes through because they're constantly pooing on them. Yeah, so true. When they're that little, they're constantly getting them vomit down. And it was like, we didn't realise. So Jake had to run off on... Um, to Oxford Street. And get, um, like, loads of little baby grows and stuff, which were too big for her, but it was cute. 
I love that. And you knew by that point that you were having a girl? Yes. Did you do a gender reveal? We did a gender reveal, yeah. Well, how was it finding out you were having a girl? The best, because I only wanted a girl. Really? <laughs> I still only want another girl. I'll have a boy, but maybe third baby. Charlotte, I've got three boys. Yeah, but boys are more loving. <laughs> but boys are crazy when they're little. <laughs> All my friends have got little boys. But I'm ready to get the wild stage when I'm older. Yeah, that's why you've got to take the calm now while it's there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then heading to the hospital the next morning, mm-hmm. was that quite surreal? Like, did you take a moment to kind of go, like, this is the last time it's going to be just us? Yes, we said that all the time. That week, everything we did, the last takeaway, the last war <laughs> together, like, everything we did was like, this is the last time we'll just be us. And we just said that about everything. But it was like a really surreal moment. Have you ever had a C-section or everyone being normal? No, yeah. So it was something really, like, calming, like, not feeling any pain, like just being completely normal and going to the hospital and like knowing that you're going to have a baby. There was something common about it where we didn't feel an ounce of nerves. We weren't scared. And we had the camera crew with us and I was going, is this normal to be feeling this normal? And they were like, I don't know. And I was like, I just can't explain it. I feel so calm. It just everything was so calm. And like <laughs> Dr. Okaro is the suavest doctor you will ever meet, right? Really? Him walking into the room with these Balenciaga trainers or socks on. Like, honestly, he's so cool. And he was like, right, Charlotte, so we're going to take you down. And everything about it was like a movie. <laughs> and I was like, it's normal. Like, it was honestly the best. Experience. Did you stay feeling calm the whole time? The whole time. I panicked a little bit when they were doing the needle in the arm, the hand there, because I don't like that. But I didn't feel the thing that goes in your back, didn't feel that at all. And the whole way through, I just didn't feel I didn't even know they started. <laughs> really? Yeah, I swear. I was like, have they started, Jake? And Jake was like, oh, no, not yet, because he was too scared to tell us in case I panicked. Then the baby was here. Oh, <laughs> did they do the whole lifting up above the curtain? I pulled the curtain down and watched her come out. So I watched it all. We had the curtain up for the first bit, but then when they said, oh, she's going to be here in the next 10 minutes, I went put the curtain down in the letters. What was that like? Fantastic. It was amazing. And we've got to take so many photos. Oh my God. I know obviously we've got it on the show, which we watch back and it's amazing. But we took so many photos. And you know what I'm going to do next time? I'm going to do assisted C-section where the mother actually pulls out the baby. Oh, Wow. How amazing. So I've already spoke to uh, my doctor about it and he said that we're going to look into doing it. So obviously there's a lot of things like you have to wear these big gloves and stuff, but I can actually pull her out. Wow. Oh, he'll amazing. like get out and I'll put my hands there. I won't actually dive inside of her and do all that, but I'll get to the stage where I'll pull her fully out. Yeah, I'm seeing yeah. her. I know I'm going to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> Is it surreal though, looking at that happening to your body. I know it because I've spoken to people before about the sensation of the tugging and that stuff, but is it weird watching it, knowing that that is your body? Like an out-of-body experience. It's quite bizarre, but it's really, like, fascinating. Yeah. It's just like, what the hell? To be honest, I'm quite a fainter, but not once did I feel like I was going to faint. But maybe it's because I knew I was on so much adrenaline because I was about to meet my little girl. Like, God, what amazing feeling that is, isn't it? Yeah. If you could bottle that feeling up and sell it, you'd be a multi-billionaire because that feeling, you would, oh, wow. I would have five children if it was humanly possible, but I don't think I could because I'm 33 now. and I You have, have five kids. Can I, though? Yeah. I just don't want to be in my 40s still looking after really young babies. Right. I want to start to have a bit of life back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The dream is there if you want the right. five. Mm-hmm. It'd be easier to have twins at some point. Yeah. Well, or would it? I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Careful what you wish for. <laughs> I know. I know. But no, I love it. And I love every second of motherhood. Honestly, and this sounds so awful, but I've got a dream baby. Got the, the baby blessed from the heavens. She has slept through the night for 12 weeks. No. Yes. How? My child goes to bed at 6pm sometimes and wakes up at 8. How have you made this happen, Charlotte? 
Either I am the best mother since sliced bread or I've got an angel baby. <laughs> Every single second of this has been a dream. I've never once found myself about to have a breakdown because I'm finding anything hard. Like, just everything, like every moment I treasure and every single thing I'm grateful for. And I think I'm very laid back. Like, honestly, I am so laid back. I think it's just transferred to her. Couldn't get stressed about anything. I really couldn't. As long as all my family and everything's okay, there's, there's not much I can get stressed about. So I think she's got that kind of attitude, and she is honestly a dream to be a mother of. I am just the luckiest mum in the whole world, and it's just been amazing. And when we film the show, they actually, like, get a bit annoyed because they're just like, can we talk about something that's hard? I'm like, well, there's nothing. I don't have anything that's hard. And they're like, but it's just not relatable for the audience. And I'm like, I don't care. Also, we shouldn't feel like we have to invent things to be relatable. Like, I remember going into motherhood feeling absolutely terrified because all you see on Instagram is videos of everyone mourning. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, I love every second of this. All I've ever wanted is to be a mom, is to have a little girl, and I enjoy every single second. And everything anyone told us is the complete opposite. You won't get your sleep. Get your sleep now. You'll never get it again. Well, I sleep much more than I ever have in my whole entire life now. Like, nothing that anyone said, all the negative things, we're completely wrong. So what I want to get the message across is if you're listening to this and you're pregnant, ignore what anyone says because you could just have the best time of your life. And don't let anyone start tricking you into thinking that it's something that it's not. I mean, you might not, you might have a hard time. And I'm sorry if that does happen to you. But honestly, it could be amazing and none of them things might even happen. It's so interesting hearing you say that because when I first gave birth to Buzz, Everything was amazing. All the crisp white sheets, I mean, on Instagram, online and stuff, the way that people were portraying parenthood was this beautiful image of everyone smiling at the camera. So I think there was an injection then of reality. Yeah, realness. And people kind of going, actually, it's not like this all the time. And actually, if you're looking at that and kind of going, what am I doing wrong? How am I failing? So then there was this like... Yeah, you've got it. You listen, I do understand when she's a toddler, she might be a bit hard work. But still, I don't think it would be hard work where I would want to mourn about it. Because when she's a toddler, I can't wait for her to kick off and like do all these silly toddler things. And for us to video it and send it to Jake and be like, you won't believe what she's doing. <laughs> it just must be so hilarious. But, like, I do understand the realness and stuff like that, but I just think that there's this scaremongering and, like, I want to say, I do think that, you know, parenthood can be really enjoyable and and it's not all bad. Yeah. I think there's too much bad at the minute. So all I say is bad. <laughs> really? Yeah, my timeline's full of mums crying. And, and, listen, I do get some people have it really harder in completely different situations. I've got amazing family who I'm very close to, and I get a lot of help and support. Obviously, I'm still working all over the world. That's another thing that people said is, you'll have to calm your career down once this baby comes along. <laughs> well, Alba, in our first year, has been on two filming trips to Cyprus. She's been to Australia, other side of the world, when I did Mask Singer. Absolute delight. Longest flight you can ever do. Didn't bat an eyelid. She actually got loads of presents off this crew for being the best behaved baby they've ever had on there. <laughs> and I've done even more than I would have did before and took Alba with us. And then and it's like, everyone was like, oh, you won't be able to do this. So I was thinking, oh, God, am I going to have to turn down opportunities? But I was like, no, I've just took her with us and made even more memories. But do you think a large part of that is the person that you are? Like you said, you're really laid back. And actually, if you are letting those worries and stuff in and you're just able to just take the moment and run with it, that's very different to then taking on all that anxiety from other people. I definitely think it's the person who you are as well. And I'm quite lucky to how relaxed I am as a person. Do you think motherhood has changed you? Oh, 100%. Oh my God, I love the person I am now. I'm amazing. Like, do you know, all of the bad things that people would say about oh, reality TV stars, she just gets drunk, blah, 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 blah. blah. Because I'm a mother now, and I actually do not even like going out anymore. So, like, I've changed into this person who cannot, can't even get slagged off because I literally just sit at home in my jammers, like, what I'm in now, and I just spend time with my little girl and... 
even when we, the night we got engaged, I didn't even have a drink. I couldn't even be bothered. I was like, oh, get me to bed. <laughs> FaceTime Alba when we get in, get me to bed, early nights, get up in the morning, go to the gym. I love that. I love the person I became now. I love the person I'd grown up. And I don't just think after Alba and Alba, I think like in the last maybe four or five years, I've we've been through a lot as a family. We've lost my nana, my mum was diagnosed with breast cancer. We have been through a lot as a family. I think all of them things have really matured us a lot. Like I'm a very mature woman now and my emotional maturity is just next level. I'm really bigging myself up here. (laughs) But do you think that's also a reason why you've kind of gone, actually, this is precious and this is what life is actually about? Like losing your nan, your mum. Like I feel like things like that really make you focus in on family, on what's important. Definitely. If you could write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to and what would you say? I think it would be to all new mothers, right? Yeah. And it would be go into this experience with a complete open mind. Don't hold on to what anyone's told you. Don't let it stay in your mind. Don't overthink it. Don't worry it. Just be completely open-minded. Take every day as it comes and because it can really be the most amazing, life-changing thing. And finally, at the end of the podcast, I get you to complete three sentences. The first one is being a mum means. Unlimited kisses all of the time. (laughs) Then since having a child, I... Have become really boring. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm happy when... When I'm at home with my fiancé and little girl snuggled up on the set watching cartoons i love this charlotte you've always been such a joy to watch always but seeing you this content and happy is is just it's so gorgeous oh thank you so much thank you and honestly i have had such a lovely time chatting on this podcast it may have swayed my mind about podcasts in the future (laughs) you know i know that you don't like listening to people talk but you're a great talker do i mean like well, that's why I've got one, you see. But I, yeah. it's a love hate with me and my podcast. It's where I consume my news now. I think it's all about what you're looking for on there. If I can have like a little news podcast, drop the kids off at school, listen to that, feel like I'm up to date with the things that are going on, yeah. I'm happy. Right. Okay, well. then. Well, maybe I'll find one for me. Yeah. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. We have something very exciting to talk about today. Happy mum, happy baby. Well, we are expanding. We're only releasing our very first record. Yes, move over McFly, move over Tom Fletcher. It's all about happy mum, happy baby. We're going into music, people. We have teamed up with Decca Records and LifeScore to build a one-stop shop for quality, trustworthy, educational music for baby, toddler and parent. Music is such a massive part of our family and I'm so thrilled with what we've created. I can't wait for you to hear it. Now, it's worth saying that all the sounds in the album... They are played by real instruments and they feature real nature sounds. There is nothing processed. It is all organic. And all of the music aims to be enjoyable listening experience for both the child and the parent. No plonky plonky piano. It's all just beautiful musicians with their instruments. Honestly, it's a joy to listen to. We all know the number one rule for getting your little one to sleep is to stick to a trusted routine. And my hope with this album is that our creation can be a part of that and make bedtime an easier transition for all. The Ultimate Baby Sleep album is here and it encompasses three parts of baby sleep and it runs in three sections. Wind down, going to sleep and staying asleep. Running seamlessly from top to bottom for the ultimate baby sleep experience. And each section lasts around 30 minutes. So... Let's delve into each section and tell you what they're about. The wind down is a perfect calming music for bath time and any other pre-bed activity. This encourages special bonding time between parent and baby to prepare for sleep. The melodies I've chosen to feature within the music have a very special place within my own experience of sleep routine. 
I loved singing little ditties or little lullabies. And, and this, it's just got that lovely, gentle, melodic feeling to it. The melodies can be easily hummed by parents to capture the bonding power of a parent's voice. And actually, as you listen to the music, you might even catch a few melodies of some traditional classics that would just, ah, oh, they just fill my heart with such love. The next section we have is called Going to Sleep. How we created this was so interesting and I absolutely loved the recording process to kind of really feel that breath actually of the musicians as they were playing. It also features natural sounds and it entwines the lullabies from the previous wind down to encourage baby to nod off at their own pace and in a relaxed state of mind. Those two sections, they kind of work together and they build. We've found that this is the ideal transition for baby to acknowledge that it is now time to go to sleep. And then the next section, the final section, is during sleep or staying asleep. I like to call it staying asleep because that's the dream, people. But it provides 30 minutes of natural and environmental white noise derived from nature sounds. And then actually this leads into an additional nine and a half hours of natural white noise for babies to prefer continuous white noise once asleep. No waking up in the middle of the night to press a little button on a sheep. Not anymore. There's been so much thought and love poured into these tracks. We've gone through so many different versions. I've pulled on the music that I love, that makes me feel nice and calm. And together with LifeScore and Decca Records, we've really created something that I feel is really magical. I've played it to my kids. They love it. I'm so thrilled. <laughs> Can you imagine they didn't? And actually, I have to say that even as an adult, sitting at my desk and listening to different versions, I have often fallen asleep in the best way, in a very contented way. Some might call it work, some might call it a nice little nap. Either way, I loved it and it was all because of this album. With 12 hours of continuous music to help your baby sleep through the night, we are so proud to introduce you to Happy Mum, Happy Baby, The Sleep Album. I can't wait for you to hear it and then for you to tell me how you're getting on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.